Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will govern my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. When they had heard the king, they went their way. And lo, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. This is the word of the Lord. Well, this is the time of year in the holidays when so many of us are traveling to, to get away, to get some rest. And I know it was just about a month ago, right after Thanksgiving, that my wife Kelly and I took some time away, and we went down to Dallas for a long weekend. We went down there to visit my son to do some Christmas shopping. And you know, one thing about Dallas is the traffic is always a little bit crazy down there. I used to live in Dallas, have been back to visit many times, but every time I go, there's something a little bit new about getting around that city. There's a new highway, there's new construction, there's a new exit for this or that. There are even new lanes within the lanes. You know, they have these express lanes now that you can pay to drive in them, and there's a little less traffic. So you really got to know where you're going or else you can really get lost in Dallas. And I have found that the way it seems to work best for Kelly and I when we travel by car is I drive and she navigates. And she has, you know, GPS on her phone. It's a great technological marvel, isn't it, to have GPS? You know, tells you how to get someplace, which roads to take, where do you turn, where do you get off the exit. Now, sometimes it tells you to get off at an exit, and you've got to get over five lanes of traffic in Dallas, and that can be a little bit uh, difficult, but still, it's wonderful. And they have audio components now, you know, that tell you they actually speak to you and say, get ready to get off in half a mile. This is where you get off. And so when we got down to Dallas, that first night we were there, we were trying to figure out what was the best way to get from our hotel in Las Colinas over to SMU, where my son was. We asked the concierge, and she says, well, you know, I use a GPS app called Waze, and it's really good. It'll get you there the fastest. And so Kelly downloaded it, and it was very good. It told you all the normal ways how to go. It also had some additional things, like it would say, there's a car on the side of the road up ahead. Be careful. 
The second day we were there, she got an email saying, this is the 50th anniversary of Sesame Street. If you'd like to celebrate with Sesame Street, you can download the voice of Cookie Monster and Cookie Monster will direct you around town. <laughs> and so we did. <clears throat> it's, you haven't lived until Cookie Monster has told you where to go. You know, because, you know, Cookie Monster likes to eat cookies, right? And so we'd be driving and Cookie Monster would come on. He'd say, in half a mile, turn left, and then go, yum, 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 yum. <laughs> and Kelly would just be laughing. And I'd go, what's it? Yum, 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 yum. And she goes, that's where you're supposed to turn. I know, but what's yum, 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 yum? Well, you'll figure it out. And, and Cookie Monster was very intense also. When it was time to get off at one of those exits, you know, and he, he must have known we were in the wrong lane. And all of a sudden, Cookie Monster would scream. He'd go, in half a mile, get off the highway. Get over now. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> it did make things a little bit more stressful. <laughs> needless, the less we had, needless to say, we had a good time. And we found our way around. It's important to have good direction, especially when you're in a big city like that, isn't it? This morning we heard the story about the wise men and how they sought direction. They had a star, right? They didn't have a GPS. They certainly didn't have Cookie Monster. Can you imagine if they'd had Cookie Monster, follow that star, go to Bethlehem, and then go yum, 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 yum. <laughs> That's an image you won't be able to get out of your head the rest of the day. Just know that. No, they had a star. We don't know what that star was. Was it a comet? Was it just the, the planets that aligned in a certain way? We're not sure. But it was a starred star that was moving in a westward direction, and they followed it until they got to Herod. And then they went on to Bethlehem to worship the newborn king. They had heard that there was to be a new king of the Jews that was going to be born. You know, there's so many traditions that have grown up around this story. It's really interesting. The scripture doesn't say a whole lot about it. You've heard these stories before. It doesn't say anything about three of them, but there were three gifts. So we assume that there must have been three wise men. In fact, not only were they wise men, they must have been kings. Because there was a lot of these Old Testament prophecies that said, and the king shall bow down before the Messiah. So people began to say, they must have been kings. They were bringing gold and frankincense and myrrh. There are even some traditions that say that when Jesus had grown into being an adult, that he was able to meet the three wise men again, and they became Christians, and eventually they were martyred. There are all sorts of traditions out there about the three wise men, even in terms of when they came. You know, sometimes we say, well, they came on Christmas Eve. That's what Dr. Long tells us every year when he talks about this. They came on Christmas Eve. Others say they came 12 days later. Some say they may have even come two years later. Dr. Long's probably wrong about this one, but I agree with him. I like his version better. I like it when they come on Christmas Eve. But the important thing that I want us to focus on this morning is that they followed a star. They followed a star to find their way. This is the last Sunday of the year, last Sunday of a decade. And so as we begin to think about this new year, 2020, how will we find our way? What star will we follow?
You know, as we go into this new year, there's so many uncertainties. And yet, I think there's so many places we can look for direction here that we can determine what star we are going to follow. You know, first of all, we have this idea that um, I think the first place I turn for direction, I say to people, go to Scripture. Let's go to Scripture. And let's look at the life of Jesus Christ in particular, how he lived his life, what he taught. You can start by reading the Sermon on the Mount in which Jesus tells us, he says, you know, we are to love those who hate us, not just those who love us. What a radical idea, this idea of radical hospitality that we would love those who hate us. He talks about living the golden rule. He talks about being kind. He talks about loving your neighbor. So as we go into this new year, I thought we might transition this morning, keeping in mind our theme for this past year of finding the way and our theme of next year, loving your neighbor, no exception. I thought we might look at some of the lessons from someone who I believe was a great follower of Jesus Christ, who lived his life the best way he could. He was someone who called us neighbor and said, you're special. And that, of course, would be Fred Rogers. You know him, of course, as Mr. Rogers. It wasn't too long ago that I had the chance to see the movie that was made about uh, Fred Rogers, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I don't know if you've seen that movie yet or not. It's a wonderful movie. I can recommend it completely. I even went and saw it a second time just last week. Such a great movie. Tom Hanks plays Fred Rogers in the story. You know, he doesn't look a whole lot like uh, Fred Rogers. He doesn't necessarily sound a lot like him, although he talked in that very slow, deliberate, quiet manner that Fred Rogers did. But I think he really managed to capture the spirit of Fred Rogers. Interestingly enough, though, this movie is not just about Fred Rogers. It's about his relationship with a character in the movie whose name is Lloyd Vogel. Lloyd Vogel is a journalist. He works for Esquire magazine. He's the sort of journalist who writes hard-hitting investigative pieces. And when he writes these pieces, he doesn't care who gets in his way, who he has to run over, whose reputation he runs. He's not very well liked. One day, his editor calls him in. And the editor says, we're running a series of pieces on heroes and I want you to write the one about Fred Rogers. And Lloyd Vogel looks at his editor and says, you want me to write about Mr. Rogers? You know, the guy that does the TV show? Are you kidding? That's not the kind of stuff I write. Why do you want me to do this? But the editor says, Fred Rogers was the only one on the list who would agree to be interviewed by you. <laughs> Fred Rogers, the kindest man in the world. He was the only one that said, I'll let this guy interview me. Interestingly enough about this movie is that it's based on a true story. There really is a journalist who worked for Esquire who met Fred Rogers. His name was not Lloyd Vogel, like it is in the movie, but there was a real person. And it is this story. As I watch the movie, I begin to think, this is really a movie about Fred Rogers helping Lloyd Vogel to become more human. Maybe to helping all of us to become more human. Early on, after he's met Fred Rogers in the movie, he says to his wife, he says, is this guy for real? I mean, can anybody really be that good? 
You know, if you've seen the documentary about Fred Rogers a year ago, or if you saw this movie, you might wonder that yourself. Can anybody really be that good? I mean, come on. Surely that's all put on for the TV, that persona. But people had understood who watched Mr. Rogers and who knew Fred Rogers would tell you they are one and the same, the TV person and the private person. Fred Rogers, as many of you know, was an ordained Presbyterian minister. And he truly lived his life trying to follow the example of Christ, to be as kind as he could to all people, to really loving your neighbor, no exceptions, even people like Lloyd Vogel. There's a scene early in the movie where Fred is in New York. He gets on a subway in New York. Now, have you ever been on a subway car in New York? You know, they're, uh, especially when they're crowded during rush hour, you know, it's like a sardine can. You can't breathe, much less move. Nobody talks to anybody. Nobody looks at everybody. You just pray that you'll get to your next stop and you can get off. But in the movie, Fred gets on this subway car and there's a group of teenagers, probably who watched Fred while they were growing up. And they look at him and all of a sudden they start to sing. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be, could you be, would you be my neighbor? And others on the subway car start to sing along. And Fred just smiles and he sings along with them at the end. And then when they're done, he says, thank you. It's such a powerful scene. And I thought, okay, this is one of those instances where Hollywood got together and they said, we're going to take some dramatic license and we're going to add this scene because it's such a feel-good story here. But if you read about Fred Rogers' life, you find that this really happened. He really did get on a subway car and the people began to sing to him. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. That just doesn't happen on New York subway cars, I don't think. But it did with Fred. As I watched this movie, at the end, I have to admit, I was just a little bit sad because I've looked at myself and I thought, wow, I wish I could be that good. I wish I could be that kind. I'm supposed to be a minister. I'm supposed to be kind. Well, you know, in some days I am. Some days I am considerate. And I do do some good things. But you know, there's other times where I miss the boat. I'm not considerate. I'm tired. I'm thinking somebody else can do that today. And then I look at somebody like Fred Rogers and I think, wow, to be like him, to be like Fred Rogers, to walk into a room, to get on a subway car and to affect people the way he did, to bring out the best in people, to be a shining light. I thought, wouldn't it be great to be like that? Wouldn't it be great if we could all be like that? And the more I thought about it, the more I was inspired to think, well, we can. We can't be perfect. Fred wasn't perfect. He would tell you that. But we can be better. We can be better in 2020. We can be better at being kind to people. We can be better at loving our neighbors. We can be better at helping to bring out the best in people and helping them find their way. I thought about this movie and I thought there's a couple of lessons from Fred Rogers that I wanted to share with you this morning that I thought might be helpful as we try to find our way as we go into this new year. And the first one is remember, remember the people who loved you into being. 
Fred Rogers says, there are those people out there, you know? The people who cared about you. The people who had your best interests at heart. Yes, they were flawed people. Perhaps at times you were angry with them. But they were the people who helped to love you into being, that helped you to make you the person you are today. And there is a scene in the movie where Fred is talking to Lloyd Vogel. And Lloyd's been estranged from his father for so long. And the only time he's spoken to him is when they got into a fist fight. And Fred simply says to Lloyd, he says, Lloyd, he says, would you do something with me? Would you just stop and take a minute and just remember those people like your dad who loved you into being? I just want you to see the pictures in your mind and see the names and just take a moment. And Lloyd's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. But Fred insists. And so they sit there and they think about those people. And I thought to myself, you know what? I think it's something we should do right now. I want you to think about those people. We're going to take just 15 seconds, okay? And think about those people. Maybe they're with you today. Maybe they're sitting right by you. Maybe they're far away. Maybe they're even in heaven. Those people who loved you and loved you into being. Think about them for 15 seconds, and I'll time it. Go. time. Thank you. You know, this is another one of those instances where you might think that they wrote a scene in a movie and had Fred say this, or had Tom Hanks say it, but it actually happened. Not the way it happened in the movie. Fred Rogers really did talk to a group of people about this, and you can watch the video of it. He did it when he received a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Emmys. You know, the Emmys are the awards they give to people on TV. And it was many years ago, the late 90s, he accepted this award, and he's standing up there in front of all these Hollywood celebrities, you know? And he's talking about the people who shaped his life, who made him who he was. And he says to them, he says, would you do that too for just 15 seconds? Would you think about those people who loved you into being? And when you watch the video, it's amazing. There's this nervous laughter at first. You know, these, these um, soap opera actors and actresses and daytime talk show hosts, there's this laughter, and, and then it gets really quiet, deathly quiet. And then after a few seconds, there's some of them who are kind of dabbing at their eyes. You know, in the end... All of us are human. All of us want to be loved. There were people in your life who helped to love you into being. What would 2020 look like for you if you were to take time once a day, okay, even once a week, to stop and to remember those people who loved you into being, who made a difference in your life, you know, there was a popular song from a very popular musical several years ago called For Good, and the lyrics say, I believe that people come into our lives for a reason, to teach us something we need to know, to help us to grow. And then the song concludes by saying, because I knew you, I have been changed for good. Who are the people 
Who are the people that changed you for good? And here's something to think about. If you did this exercise on a regular basis, maybe you might be inspired to be the person that helps to shape someone else's life, right? Maybe you could be the person to which they say, you have changed my life for good. And that would be a blessing. Secondly, what if in 2020, you committed yourself, you dedicated yourself to the discipline of prayer? And not just to prayer, but to praying for people by name. That's what Fred did in his life, for real, and in the movie. He had a a legal pad in which he would write down the names of people that he wanted to pray for. And Fred was one of these people who liked routine. He liked discipline. He did the same thing every day. He would eat the same foods. He wore those same sweaters. He would go to bed at 9.15 every night, sleep for eight hours. He got up at 5.15. He would take time to read scripture and then to get on his knees and pray and to pray for people and saying their names one after one after one after one, after one. Imagine, imagine doing that. There was someone for many years in this church who I love so much, and many of you know who Jim McKellen was. He was one of our wonderful greeters, so friendly, and he would come up to me after church, and he would say, Dave, I just want you to know that I pray for you every day. I pray for you and your family by name. And you know, like so many I'm just cynical enough that I would say to Jim, I'd say, oh, thank you so much. And then I'd go, he probably doesn't really do that. I mean, does anybody really do that? Does anybody really pray for all these people by name? I mean, that takes a lot of time, a lot of effort. But as I got to know Jim, I thought, I think he really does. What would it be like in your life in 2020 if every day you had the discipline to take time to pray and to pray for all the people in your life by name, your family, your friends, your coworkers, the people you know in life who are struggling, the people of which you are struggling to get along with, what would that be like? Once again, I think it would be a great blessing in helping you find your way in 2020 because when we spend time with God, I believe that it helps to give us a clearer vision for our lives. I don't think you can not spend time with God and not have a clarity in your life. You know, if your life, if you're struggling, if you're confused about which way to go, if you're frustrated because the things you want to do just aren't happening and you just can't figure it out, take more time to spend with God. And I promise you, I promise you, you'll have a clarity that you have not had before. So it's the last Sunday of the year, last Sunday of the decade. Lloyd Vogel wrote this article about Fred Rogers after he had been transformed, and he said, the name of the article is, Can You Say Hero? Now, Fred Rogers would never admit that he was a hero, And we shouldn't say that about ourselves either. But you know what? I believe, I believe that you can be someone's hero in this new year. I really do. 
I believe that if you take time, if you take time to remember, to have gratitude for those who shaped your life, who loved you into being, I believe that you'll think about other people, that you can make a difference in their lives. And if you take time to pray and to pray for others by name and spend more time with God, I believe it'll make a huge difference in your life. What star are you going to follow in this new year? Are you going to follow one of those stars that leads you down a path of cynicism? Because, you know, we can get really cynical. I know I sure can. You know, the kind of cynicism where you look at people and, and you think the worst of them instead of the best of them. You know, they have that kind of cynicism where, the, you know, there's things that you could do that would make a difference, but you say, I can't do that. I can't do this. And God doesn't really expect me to do that, does he? I mean, nobody can be that good. Or will you follow another star? One like Fred Rogers, where you look at people with new eyes, with new vision, where you put their interests before yours. There's this wonderful scene at the beginning of this movie. Lloyd Vogel calls up Fred Rogers to ask for an interview, and they're talking, and all of a sudden, Fred just says, Lloyd, he says, do you know what the most wonderful thing or the most important thing in my life is, the most important thing in the world for me right now? And Lloyd says, no. And Fred says, it's talking to Lloyd Vogel. When you put the interests of others before you, when you follow a star like that, then I believe that you'll be able to find your way in 2020. And not only will you be able to find your way, but you'll be able to help others to find our way. In fact, isn't this life that we're on, this journey of faith that we're on, about helping each other? To find our way, you can be a hero. You don't have to call yourself that. You can make a difference in this new year. You can make a difference in the lives of others if you're willing to follow a star. It's in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Let each of us lift up our own silent prayer as you hear God speaking to you today. Let's pray. Amen.